thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is your moment. Your time to shine. Your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey! Oh, yeah. Guys, this episode of Get Real Podcast is really, really amazing. It's with my friend Kelly Sutton. She is a host. She is a reporter. She's an editor. She can work a camera. She's a creator. She's a boss. She is everything and more. We talk about how she got started in news. She knew at 16 years old that she wanted to be an anchor, that she wanted to be in news, that she wanted to cover what was happening and she made that happen and she has become the face of nashville one of the faces of nashville everyone in nashville knows her she's grown up with some of the biggest country music artists by interviewing them since they were just getting started and we walk through her journey and it is so inspiring she talks about what it's like to know your dream from a very young age and how that's an amazing gift but it's also challenging because you have all this pressure to get this dream and you know where you're going. And so it's a whole new world of pressure when you know your dream as opposed to trying to figure out your dream. But she just talks about all her different jobs, what it felt like to get fired, what she learned from that and how she took those experiences and made them positive and kept elevating and elevating. And her journey really just, uh, oh, it just makes my heart filled with so much love because the way she has walked through this entertainment world and the hosting world and becoming her own boss and just navigating it is so awesome she's so interesting to listen to so get excited here is kelly sutton i am here with kelly sutton i'm so excited to be here thank you i'm so happy to have you because you are to me just like the bomb host face of nashville I love you. Keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, You're truly, 
You have just done everything in Nashville. I mean, you host a morning show mm-hmm. called Today in Nashville. Yes. Okay. You have an online show. Yes. Called One Nashville. One Country. One Country. One Country.com. Yeah, we do a lot of stuff for them. And then you just like host every event that's ever happening in the city. <laughs> You know what? It's kind of like um, Hunger Games. You just outlast everybody. That's what it is. Like, if you're here long enough, they're like, oh, she's still around. Let's just, she can do it. Everybody knows who she is by now. That's not true. It's so true. It's because you are so talented. And you're so sweet. Thank you. So I got to hear the story of how you got into news. Okay. Where are you from originally? Tell me the Kelly Sutton early years. Oh, Lord, girl. How much time you got? We got some time. We got time. I am from Indiana originally. Okay. Um, I was born in Louisville, Kentucky, so I claim that I'm only half Yankee. Okay. For all of my Southern friends, they don't <laughs> like it. They're like, oh, yeah, Louisville, that counts. Okay. Um, but I was 16, and we went on a field trip when I was in high school to one of the television stations in Louisville, and honestly, I walked in and went, oh, okay, that this is what I'm supposed to do. Really? Mm-hmm. It was like that? Yeah, immediately. It it's weird because. Um, I don't know if that ha- I, I don't know if that happens for other people. Like if you just know immediately what you're supposed to do, it was truly one of those light bulb. Mm, this is it. Okay. I think it does happen for certain people, not yeah. a lot of people. Right. But it's such a blessing when that does happen. Right. So at 16 years old, were you just on a path? I knew. I was like, oh, okay, I just want to do TV. Um, I was already writing for the school newspaper and you know stuff like that. And so you knew you wanted to be on air. Um, yeah. Well, when I watched, it was interesting when I watched what they were doing. I thought, oh gosh, okay, they're telling a story. They're using video. They are, um, you know, being journalists. But there's this other presence to it there's a presenting presence to it like a personality presence yeah and and maybe a little bit of you know I I never thought of myself as an actress but at the same time there was a part of me that loved that you know being in front of the camera part that never frightened me I always loved that part and it just clicked and so from that point I said okay what colleges have a broadcast program and where can I go and I went to a great college Franklin College shout out to you love you um, just south of Indianapolis and started interning at television stations my sophomore year of college and just knew that's what I wanted to do yeah that is so incredible I am envious of people like you because you just always had a plan. Because for me, like I always knew I wanted to do entertainment, but I didn't know what in entertainment. Right. Yeah. So it was like a total smorgasbord trying to figure it out, and it took decades to get there. But like just to know how freeing in a way it was, but it was also it can also be very daunting because you know what you want, but then it becomes that much harder to get it. So you see the carrot, but you can't get to it. Right. Why, what, what makes it harder? So the year I graduated college, I won't tell you that year because that really dates me, but (laughs) the year that I graduated college, I do remember them telling me, um, there are enough college graduates with a broadcasting degree to replace every person at every television station everywhere in the United States right this moment. So it just meant that the field was really full. Like you're out there with a ton of people. And at that time, I was sending out, you would send out resume tapes. This was before everything was online and fancy. Um, So you'd send out resume tapes and I sent out 80 resume tapes and got two job offers out of 80. 
Well, good for you for sending out 80. Yeah. Did you yeah. know what kind of news you wanted no. to do or reporting? No. I wanted to, um, I fashioned myself as a very serious journalist. Yes, I you was, are. <laughs> I was a double major um, in political science and broadcasting. You're also so. a genius. No, not even. <laughs> but I kept thinking, you know, I really uh, wanted to delve into, you know, either political arenas or somehow maybe even uh, court TV at the time was like a big oh. deal. So I thought about that. Do you kind of have to know the law if you're in court TV? Well, and I was a pre-law major for a hot second and then Dang, changed. Girl. It, it Well, that changed. That changed quickly. <laughs> yeah. I was like, ooh, that looks like a lot of work. I'm going to back up ooh, off that. We'll just, yeah. we'll just go down a step. But I think... Um, after a while, it started to, you know, kind of present itself that I would, I would definitely find a place in the news arena. And I was very, you know, very serious about I'm a reporter. I'm a, I'm a reporter. I'm a journalist. This is what I'm going to do. And that's not easy to get into. Yeah. Um, you have to, it's changing. Everything is changing now. So this is when I started. Um, you had to start in a tiny, tiny market and then work your way up. Okay. And so, so like as a news reporter. Yeah, as a reporter. You did not want to do entertainment in the beginning. No. No, no, no. Nope. That came I later. Was, I was straight news, yeah. Who was your like inspiration? Who were you modeling yourself after? Or so I'll tell you, I there was one lady that I grew up watching in Louisville, Kentucky. Her name was Angie Humphrey Davidson, and I thought she was amazing. Mm -hmm. I loved her. And then I also loved Jane Polly. Jane Polly is from Indiana originally. And so when I was still interning at a station in Indianapolis, she came home to do a story about something. I don't remember, but um, that was one of the days I was interning with a specific reporter and she said come with me we're gonna go interview jane polly and so i got to talk to her your hero my hero i got How to, was it did it, it live up to your oh expectations? yes yes oh by far she was just so lovely and so kind and she uh did a whole little mock interview with me i say no mock because you know i was just trying to get stuff to put on tape to prove that I could do it. Well, now you have one with Jane Polly yeah. to like pass out to people. Yes. So this is yeah. big time. It's big time. So I just loved her and I, I really thought that's what I was going to do. And fast forward to I got offered a job. And, um, and how was that? How was that seeing your dreams coming to life? Because here you are since 16 years old, been dreaming about this. And right. now you got offered a real job as yes. a real reporter. Yes. Paid money. Yes. And you're in the field. So the fun fun fact, okay. television doesn't pay very well. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. Why is that? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, is it because everyone just will do it because they want to be on TV? Yeah, so they just take kinda. advantage of that? Yeah, they're like, oh, you know, that one, she'll do it for free. And so. if she won't, if this one won't do it, then this one. That yeah, girl exactly. will. Exactly. Yeah. So when I took my first job, I took a huge pay cut oh. to be on air. And... I moved into a tiny little 800 square foot um, house. And uh, my husband and I, we weren't married yet, but we were very close. And y'all been married so, like 20 years. Long time, long time, girl. Oh yeah. So did y'all meet in college? Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, you guys. So sweet. so sweet. But so we both move and we are in this tiny little place. And they tell me that I'm gonna be hired as the um, reporter for the bureau in Owensboro, Kentucky, which was a subsidiary of an Evansville, Indiana station. And I show up thinking I'm, you know, I'm gonna do this, this is really happening. And they made me run camera for other people. 
What? And I kept thinking, okay, well, today's the day I'm going to get to do a story. And I finally had to step up and say, you hired me to be a reporter and I really want to do this. So I was a one-man band where I was shooting all my own stuff and I was editing all my own stuff. And So you're shooting editing, your own stuff. Writing. So you go to a, 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 whatever they send you to, a location, mm-hmm. to get a story. Mm-hmm. You bring the camera. Yeah. You set it up. Yeah. You get the sounds right. You get your lighting right. Yeah. And then you quickly move to the front of the camera, press record, and film your piece. Then you take it home and you edit it all and you submit it. Yeah, girl. So you do the whole thing and you're not getting paid very much at all. Yeah, girl. <laughs> that is like doesn't that sound glamorous? That's Don't three you jobs? Do that? It's at least three. That's a so you're a camera operator, you are a reporter, mm-hmm. and you're an editor, and mm-hmm. you're getting not paid for really any of them. Right. Oh my god. Yeah. But, but you know I learned so much. I did. I wouldn't trade any of that for the world because. I know how to do all those jobs now. You know, I do mean, everything to be able yeah. to operate. Everything is amazing. Yeah, but it was a lot. It was a lot, and it's a lot. It was so much harder than I ever anticipated it was I, going I to be. Editing alone. Yeah, I like just edit little Instagram videos, and I'm like, it takes me like two hours. It's a lot. So if you're editing a full piece, how, I mean, how long does that take? Did you get really good at it? Well, you had to because you had a deadline. You know, you had to have it on before the five o'clock news. If you were doing a story, you would probably do. Um, a package for the six o'clock, which is, you know, where you're actually doing an interview with somebody and editing it all together and the sound and the, the video that goes over top of it. But then you would also cut down something that they call a VO. You would do that for the five o'clock and you'd be live in the five and live in the six. And so you had you had a time period. You had to get it done. Was you, your brain fried every day? Yeah. Yeah, it was. It yeah. was. <laughs> but, you know, honestly, you look back and I'm so thankful again because I look at that going oh my gosh it was so many little tiny trial by fire moments you know all of these like it was a it was a roller coaster but it was so great and I loved every second you did you loved it all I did and I think that's truly I'm finding that now with my child I watch her and the things that I know are really super difficult that she doesn't complain about I go okay that's really she loves it that's a good indication if it's really hard but you don't mind doing it and you're not complaining. You love she it. Lo- what is what is she loving? Acting. Act oh, you passed that off. She's a theater theater kid. She is. Hundred percent. She doesn't mind memorizing and she just um she was Matilda in Matilda the like musical. The Matilda. The she Matilda. got the lead. She was the lead and she's ten and wow. she had to memorize Oh my gosh, ridiculous amounts of script and two huge solo songs and she had to speak Russian at the end of it and she and do it all it with an English accent. And I mean, they had so many practices. They were three and four hours a night. She wasn't getting home till 10.30 or 11. And, and she I didn't care? Loved it, loved it. Would do it tomorrow. If she could do it all over again, she'd do it tomorrow. So I think that that's the same thing with me when I was doing all of this, I was coming home thinking, okay, yeah, no, I'm still doing it. This is what I wanted to do. And I loved it. And you know, then, I yeah. think the thing for parenting, just because I was thinking about this, because now that we're having a daughter, I kind of freak out about like the teenage years, like because all this stuff happened. <laughs> I'm so close. I'm so close. She's ten. But here's the thing: I think if you can get involved with something when you're a kid that you love, you stay out of trouble. Because yeah. oh, I mean, knock on wood. Yeah. Because I think that like if you have a passion that you love, then yeah. you're not just trying to like you're not floundering around because you have goals and you're like I have to achieve right. this and you can't mess up your life because you want to do this you're right you're so exactly even right. though it's so much work it's kind of a huge blessing that she has found this big yeah. dream just like you did big it keeps hairy goal yes yeah, it does it really does you know because you know where you're going yeah it's it's kind of amazing I mean truly 
I feel like anybody that can find their passion early, it can be a double-edged sword. It, it can be that, oh my gosh, you know what you want to do. And so now you just set your sights and you do it. Mm-hmm. But it can also be, it's so daunting to try to get there. You Will you exactly give up? where you want to go. Yeah. Are you going to give up or are you going to persevere? Were there times that you wanted to give up? Oh, yeah. On the regular. Are you kidding? Like I would come home and I... <laughs> I just remember so fun. I remember coming home and telling my husband how excited I was. I got to do uh, my first like real piece. And it was on uh, this music event that was happening. And I came home and I watched it on the news. It was the first time I had actually watched my piece. stuff air in the news. And this is when you did everything. Filmed, I did. And edited, I recorded. was a hot, sweaty mess, girl. It was like August. I was sweating bullets. I looked terrible. No, you did Yeah, but you know, it was one of those when I saw it, I went, oh, gosh, that's not OK. Yeah, I got a lot of work to do. I still got to up my game. So there were there were times where, yeah, you want to give up. And, you know, I've been fast forward to where I am now. Um, I've been fired multiple times, which, by the way, anybody that's trying to make it in television, if they say if you haven't been fired at least twice, then you haven't really had a career. So I've been fired multiple times. Did People you, have been does like, go. It, does it hurt? What do you do that first time you're fired? Do you feel like your life is over? Oh, yeah. Oh. Are you like, is it so personal? You're like, is do you take it personally? I probably would have, but the first time that I was let go was actually from that job. I went from, um, I worked in the bureau for a little while. The morning anchor quit. And so they called me on a whim and said, can you be the morning anchor? So this is exciting. That, yeah, it was amazing. So you're like, now you're like in your dream position. Now I'm in my dream position. Now I'm like, oh, this is this is what I wanted this to do. This is what you wanted yes. to do at 16 years old and now you have it. Yes, and I did that for two years and then they made me the evening anchor. So, so I was, that's even better, right? Yeah, it was great. Um, and it was, it was everything I thought it would be. But then again, it came with a lot of baggage because... I am a very happy, optimistic yes, person, you are. as you are. I mean, we're kind of the same personality. You're so positive. But you are talking about death and destruction and murder and awful things every Why is day. Why so sad? Because there's so many great things I happening, know, too. I know. But truthfully, the saddest part is everybody says they want positive news. But if you watch the ratings, it's always the terrible stuff that people watch the most. It's people, like a train wreck. You can't turn away. You know, Do people want to scare themselves. I guess. I don't know. Because there's so many great things happening but it, they just people right. don't care about that every time that we would lead with something more positive the ratings would be down didn't you tell me something like if it bleeds it, it bleeds leads. it leads yeah that's terrible it's I awful know, that's Isn't that terrible. awful <laughs> it's a horrible thing but it changes who you are and it changes your personality a little bit how did it change you it made me a more cynical person really yeah um it made me a little harder edge. I I think you start to really just kind of you're numb to what you hear. It's like, oh, what's that story about? Oh, Someone getting four, murdered. Four people are dead. Okay, cool. Um, what t- what when are we doing? You don't. It, you have to remove yourself from it. You have to because if you didn't, you would be devastated every day. Yes. Um, and I think that when that really started to sink in I thought gosh this is this might not be what I wanted to do because it was making you feel sad and and jaded probably very jaded yeah it was sad but they came in um to get back to the firing story they came in and they fired all of us why they decided they were not going to do news anymore which was so unheard of at the time like we made headlines on other stations which was crazy but they let I think there were 46 of us that they let go in one day 
So I couldn't take it personally because it was everybody. So that actually feels better. I guess, yeah. But it was still devastating. What were they going to do if they're not going to do news? Uh, they, I just think they did like uh, paid programming and I don't remember. So they're just done with it. It was just done. I know. Okay, Crazy. so all of a sudden you're like, well, all right, so what do you do when you have no job? But, you start sending out tapes. But now you have so much under your belt because now you've been yeah. a morning anchor, you've been an evening anchor, you right. can you have all these skills that you can do. So is yeah. it easier to get a job again the next time? You know, I thought maybe it would be, um, it was from the perspective of having all of this life experience and, and all of, you know, the the years that I'd been on the air under my belt. But it was still terribly hard to get hired because there were not that many jobs. I mean, it it is a very small business. It mm-hmm. seems big, but it isn't. It's very small. Um, one of my friends was coming to Nashville. He said, hey, I heard they're starting a morning show. I'm going to, he was a meteorologist. He said, I'm going down. I'm going to do an interview. And I said, hey, take my tape, take my tape. So he handed my tape off to the news director and the news director called me and said, we'd love for you to come down and, and audition for this. Uh, drove down and did an audition and ended up getting the job and so moved to Nashville. And that what was, was the job? It was Mornings with Ralph Emery. Okay. Ralph, for those that don't know, is uh, an institution in the country music world. Years ago, he had shows on um, the Nashville Network. He had a show called Pop Goes the Country. He had a morning show locally in Nashville for years and years and years that so many people grew up watching and they decided they were going to try to bring it back. And I I was like the sidekick so it was a so was it like Regis and Kelly back in a the little day? bit a little bit yeah it was um it was really set up to be like a fun alternative in the morning so that's great so now yeah. you're out of all sad depressing news I thought so we <laughs> launched on September 10th 2001 okay and your husband's down with moving to Nashville yes so the next day was September 11th oh no yeah so you see where I'm going. Your day of the, work the was sec- September 11th? Second day. And we were supposed to be this fun, uplifting alternative in the morning. And then the next day, the worst imaginable tragedy that's hit the U.S. happened. So it was immediately we went back into news mode. We went from mm-hmm. we're going to be fun to, okay, we can't be fun right now. Cause Cause that is, was, and that was lasted forever, covering yeah. that. Yep. I mean, that was yep. not a quick thing to move nope. past, obviously. No. So yeah, that, that kind of tempered where we went, but I was lucky enough to stay there and really started to um, shift more into entertainment. I think being in Nashville. Because were you involved with country music a lot more at that point? Yeah, that's where it really started. It was so great because I was here in Nashville and we started covering number one parties and we started going to record release parties and we started meeting Mm. people. And and I had this connection already through Ralph. And then when Ralph left, my co-host became Charlie Chase, which they were Crick and Chase. Yeah. Charlie and I hosted that show together for eight years. No way. Yeah. So it was this, you know, I got to learn Mm. from the master. I got to watch him and I got to meet people through Charlie and, you know, just being in and around Nashville. Um, I look back now and I'm like, oh my gosh, this was amazing. It was such an opportunity. I never understood really what was happening at the time. Right. Um, Isn't that how life goes though? Until like you get through it for a while and like look back retrospectively, it's like you didn't realize how it all was just lining up. It was totally lining up. I wish I could have paid a little bit more attention to what was happening because I probably would have written things down and then I would have like (laughs) this great book, you know, that I could sell to everybody. Um, But it was so much fun. We started doing live music segments 
and so this is like helping your spirit too because yes. now you're like you're having fun yeah and you're getting to be involved with the country music scene yeah it so are you feeling different like totally. are you like oh i love this so much more 180 degrees it was so great to go into work every day and talk to people that were launching their first album and it's so funny now i mean i look back and i've been around for a minute but we were one of the first places that John Mayer ever played. We were one of the first places that Taylor Swift ever played. Um, Florida Georgia Line came on the show and th- th- I was their first television interview. And wow. so, you know, Jason Aldean came on the show. It was just all these people that I grew up with basically in this industry. So you started with the superstars of country music now. You started when they were just getting going. Yeah, we were all kind of babies together. So y'all have this huge long history yeah. together. Yeah, it's kind of great. Is that cool? It's very Because cool. now they're superstars, but still do you think of them as just like oh, yeah. your buddies that you started with? Oh yeah. <laughs> it's so great too because there's a familiarity and a just a comfort every time that I'm covering a red carpet event or you know if I'm somewhere and I see Jason or I see you know Brian or Tyler or or really anybody that's been in the industry we feel super comfortable around each other and I think for them it's nice for them to think oh it's Kelly she's not going to ask me a dumb question or she's not going to they know you yeah she's not gonna do something that's gonna make me feel uncomfortable yes it's like yeah it's like homecoming there was someone that they just know and have grown up with yeah well you're the same way you're exactly the same way with these people but i i kind of knew more from not the interviewing perspective more of just like i I guess like the artist perspective because i started off as an artist yeah but it's so cool to have that just that comfort with these superstars so then you can ask really great questions because you're not nervous because you like right. know them right yeah yeah i remember what they looked like back <laughs> in the day. i remember that first album cover you so know yeah i know the haircuts uh, blake is one of my friends Sheldon. that i've known for a long time and i remember he came on our show when he still had the mullet when oh, he was gosh. still wearing the fringe and it's so funny because every time i talk to him he's like gosh you remember when you used to make me get up in the morning and come down and do that show yours <laughs> and i'd be walking in there hung over and i'm like oh i yes no. i do <laughs> yeah, i do I remember i do remember yes but it it's just been incredible and nashville has afforded me some of the best opportunities of my entire life. What is What are some moments that have marked time for you in your interviewing career in Nashville? I interviewed Dolly when I was pregnant. How was that? Everything that you would think it would be. Like, just picture you right now are, you know. About to pop. About to pop. You're <laughs> in that same, I was same situation. Uh, they tell me there's an opportunity to interview Dolly. Of course, I'm going to go. Even though I don't feel great, I'm still going to go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, she was doing a partnership with Cracker Barrel and you know the rocking chairs that are in front of Cracker Barrel she was doing a limited edition pink rocking chair that had her name on it okay so I walk in and I sit down and in true Dolly form she says oh my gosh you can have a baby and I'm like (laughs) yes ma'am and she said "Um, what are you having and I said a little girl and she said well I'm gonna give you this chair so I have a pink rocking chair at my house that Dolly signed to my daughter. Stop. Yeah, it's to Savannah Reese, love Aunt Dolly. (laughs) Aunt Dolly? Yeah, it's in my house. It's so funny. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was, oh, and as soon as I got in the car, I immediately bawled. I was crying my eyes out. I called my husband. He was worried something was wrong. He was like, well, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I said, oh, Dolly Part gave me a rocking chair. It was the best day ever. Did you rock Savannah in that chair? No, no one's allowed to sit in it. (laughs) It's Dolly's chair. No. (laughs) Obviously. I took, I did take pictures of her in it. And then, you know, I've, I've interviewed her many times since, and I've, I've shown her the pictures and, and then 
full circle moment, Dolly did a children's album, I think a year and a half ago, two years ago. And um, they invited us to come and be there. So Reese got to meet Aunt Dolly and take pictures with her. And that was the first time that she'd met her in person. And so, you know, we've got these great pictures. And she just looked at me. She goes, Mama, she smells like unicorns. I said, she does. She does. How is Dolly so special? She is just so special. She is absolutely everything that I would want to be when I grow up. How does she do that? She turns everything into a positive spin. Yeah. She lets it all roll off her back. Yes. She makes everyone feel like they're important, but yet she has boundaries. And let me just say, knowing her management team and knowing the people that are around her and knowing what she's like to her fans and then what she's like in the boardroom, Dolly is so shrewd when it comes to business. Yeah. She's always stood up for herself. She never gave her publishing away. Even when Elvis wanted to do her song, she would not give her publishing to Elvis. And it was, uh, I think it was I Will Always Love You was the song he wanted to cut. But the way that it worked, he would take at least part of the publishing of any song that he ever cut. And she said no. Really? She said no and stood up for herself. Wow. Who does that? Like you and I both know in an industry that is still male dominated, it sometimes is really hard to stake your claim and stand up for yourself. You feel like, okay, well, maybe I should do this. It would be smarter for my career. She's she's just everything. Yeah. Truly. Wow. I know. And then she does it. Oh, oops. She does it and she doesn't and she does it so like gracefully, you know? Mm-hmm. It's amazing. We're good. I just dropped the recorder. Everything's fine. We just talked to make sure you're still recording. Check check one, two. Oh yeah, great. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Good. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, it's incredible. She's incredible. Have you had any other bucket list moments? Um I I have a great Garth story. Oh, let's hear it. Okay. So um, this is just one of those. There are so many things that people know about artists already, right? Like all the stuff gets out, good and bad. But then there are so many stories that never, ever get told. Yeah. And this is one of those stories that you're just thinking, if anybody ever knew. So I um, have a family member who is autistic. He is just the sweetest and we love him so. And he um, he really, we didn't know if, if he was going to be able to graduate from high school because there were a lot of struggles, but he's very musical and he can play anything that you ask him to play. That's insane. Yes. He's incredible wow and um he loves garth brooks and he loves every garth brooks song and he can play any of them on the piano that's amazing so when he was about to graduate from high school i reached out to garth's publicist and just said i have this cousin and he's a huge garth fan and he is marking a milestone that we didn't know would ever happen is there any way that garth could just send an autograph picture that said congratulations yes fast forward three days later I get a humongous UPS box delivered to me. I open it up and it has one of everything Garth has ever done. Every CD, a leather tour jacket, every cookbook that Trisha's ever done. Autograph pictures from Trisha, autograph pictures from Garth, autograph <laughs> pictures from both of them. Just, we are so proud of you. Congratulations. You, I, when I say a huge box, I'm telling you a huge box. It was one of those moments i'm thinking holy cow so then i find out if that's not enough i know you're crying already well and he does it not for anything other than he just has that he his right love in his heart Uh, right exactly because he's not going to get any. no one's ever going to know that this story happened nobody so if that wasn't enough um 
he sends all of this stuff. So then I talked to his publicist and she said, oh yeah, his assistant was off that day. So he went to his storage facility, packed the box, drove to UPS and sent it to me, Garth himself. Like no one else did that, he did that. He grabbed all the stuff out of his storage facility and sent it to me. And that just shows that he wanted to give you everything. Is that, I mean, oh my, who does that? Who does that? Especially when you're a superstar. So then it gets better. There's more. There's more. So this was your nephew. This was right. uh, No, this was my cousin John. It was. Did he freak out? Yeah, yeah, he did. He freaked, and I cried, and it was yeah. Uh, So you fast forward to a couple years later. I am working for the CMA, and I was doing some backstage interviews at the CMA Awards. And Garth was there and he walked over and I started talking to him and I said, Hey, I, you know what? I've never had a chance to say thank you. You sent me a box of incredible things, all of your CDs and DVDs and, you know, cookbooks and everything for my cousin. And he said, how's John doing? Remembered his name. Who does that? He remembered his name. I mean, Garth. I've heard so many stories of Garth being like that. He is. That is just who he is. He cares so much, doesn't he? He does. He really does. And I'm pretty sure if he doesn't have a photographic memory, he's really close. Yeah. He's really close to having a photographic memory. But it's just, I mean, honestly, the country music community, there are so many amazing, incredible people. And you know this. Like, I, I was really in the right place at the right time. I just got so lucky that this is my life now and that I get to tell these stories and talk to these people and hang out with them and help promote their music and you know do all of the things that I possibly can to shine a spotlight on our little love our little Nashville that's not little anymore it's I don't know it's just a dream come true before AI can help your business predict demand accelerate growth inform decisions automate tasks reveal insights generate content you have to trust it Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com governance. IBM. Let's create. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary in Indulges your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. 
Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. What have you learned from all these celebrities that you've interviewed? What are some like life lessons that you've taken away? Mm, that's a good one. I would have to say the more real you are, the more people are going to love you. Mm-hmm. And that's even being vulnerable. Yeah. Especially when you're vulnerable. Because when you share part of your story, somebody out there is immediately going to say, oh my gosh, that's my story too. Yeah. And I think when you watch the evolution of different country stars into the people that they are today, and you watch every step of the way when they share a little bit more of who they really are, that's when their star rises even Mm -hmm. higher. Mm -hmm. When Carrie went through the whole, you know, she fell. And then when Carrie shared her stories about about miscarriages, I think people just went, oh my gosh, she's a real person. Yeah. I love her. She has the voice of an angel, but she's a real person and she's sharing part of her life. And I, I think that that is something that I've learned. The The more real you can be, the more people are going to relate to you. Yeah. Instead of trying to put on a fake mask or a facade for everybody. Yeah. yeah that's Do you the think big that one. is a, a newer um, understanding now with like social media and people having outlets to oh, yeah. share yeah, more sure. on their own terms? Oh, yeah. Because I feel like it was maybe more buttoned up in the day. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I think not only was it more buttoned, buttoned up I just think that um, there was a side of each artist and probably just a side of the music industry overall that people just didn't talk about like if you were here you knew it existed and Mm -hmm. you knew that there were certain things that were happening you didn't talk about that right because you didn't think fans would want to know that right or it would make you seem less idyllic you wouldn't seem like that person they could put on a pedestal you're more untouchable yeah but now stars are becoming relatable and becoming touchable and becoming human yes they're still on a pedestal but it's like okay i'm like you yeah exactly and i mean don't we all just want to be like recognized isn't that what that's what it's all about it's like i see you i see what you're going through i've been there so anytime that somebody opens up i feel like it just makes their star rise higher and i think too piggybacking on what you're saying to have a celebrity that we look up to say I'm a human it makes it just exactly what you said it makes you feel like okay I'm not alone and this person that is so flawless to me is sharing and so I feel better about myself and I feel more confident to like deal with issues because everyone has them yeah I mean if you think about who's your favorite person to follow on Instagram Who's your favorite person? um, You, of course. (laughs) Kelly. I'm always following you. I love following you. See what you're doing. (laughs) Um, I'm trying to think. I it's always fun for me to look at um, Kristen Bell. I love Kristen Bell and I love Dak Shepard. They're great. What do you love about them? They're because they're funny and they're real. Like stuff is happening in their life and they're real and they're talking about it. They're having a fight about where the lazy boy goes in the living room. I'm like, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's that is us. We do that. Um, so I love that and I love that they're super open about you know, hey, we're we're going to counseling and we're taking care of ourselves and we're taking care of our kids and this is how you got to do it and yes you know don't give up keep fighting it out um in the best way but i i love that i i just like the people that are real i kind of love um i don't follow her stories 
a lot, but I do love Chrissy Teigen because I feel like she says anything, whatever. If it's in her head, it's out of her mouth. Yes. And I'm kind of like that. (laughs) Uh, But I feel like I'm still a little bit more tempered. It's just funny to me because I think every time that she posts something, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she posted it. And then people are like, yeah, girl, yeah. And and just kind of encouraging her. And I'm like, okay, good. Well, then, yeah. you know, I was wrong. She was right. Yeah. It's kind of great. Uh-huh. Yeah. What about you? Oh, gosh. You know, like as a local Nashvillian, I, and I just interviewed her, I really like following Jesse James Decker. Oh, she's great. Because I think she does such a good job of being like this bomb beautiful housewife mother uh, and wife but then a business mogul yep and then she's so real about stuff too yeah so it's like you can't hate her because she's so beautiful because she's so real about everything right (laughs) uh she's incredible um i listened to her speak they did like a little it was a little mini thing that was happening here in nashville it was just several different you know business ladies that were all together and she came up and spoke and it was it, it was very interesting to hear about starting her own business and what the scary traps were and how she just navigated all of that. And now it's like this empire. Yeah. Who would have thought? I know. Yeah. It's like Jessica Simpson style. I mean, I'm like, get it, girl. She's getting it. I know. Yes, she is. I love that. And I actually, I asked her about this. And I want to ask you about this. Okay. I asked her what her self-talk is. Because I have noticed that, like, I have had to work on my self-talk. Because originally, I didn't have the best Mm self-talk. I kind of was really hard on myself and down on myself and I have learned that that is really not helpful at all and you've got to change your self-talk so I was wondering what is your self-talk that's really interesting I feel like it's gotten better um I used to be pretty hard on myself and really negative at times because you're constantly comparing yourself Mm -hmm. especially in television yeah I mean, there are only so many spots and there are so many people that want that job. And so even if you have a job, you feel the pressure of the people behind you that coming are that are coming for it. And you're like, oh gosh, okay, I didn't look my best. I didn't sound my best. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. And I think the older I get, the more I don't care about that kind of stuff. It, yeah. it just kind of rolls off my back because I realize it's a blip in time mm-hmm. and I just can't, I can't, get down on myself um so i am more i think i give myself more pep talks now than i ever have like oh you got this you got this this is fun or just take a deep breath and have a good time like if i can think to myself have a good time then i know everybody else is going to have a good time you know just enjoy enjoy the moment because it's going to go by so quickly that's that's the scary thing it does go by so quickly when did you have a moment when you realized your worth because now at this Mm. point you are so worthy not just as an amazing person but like all that you have done it's just like you it can't be replicated by someone else because it's what you have built when did you realize that you that that you could relax a little bit and just be like okay I am I mean I don't know if this is your exact word you say but I am awesome I have done amazing things I am really great I am good at this. I don't know that I ever have. Really? I mean, I don't know that you, I don't know that I've gotten there yet. I think. Well, you are in case, so sweet. just so you know, you Aww. are a complete badass. I love in every you. Way. Guess it's going to rep me in my next <laughs> contract round. Caroline's coming in. She's like, uh, she needs a raise. <laughs> yes, you do. I, you know. Well, you're in such a small category of yeah. just 
it's so different. experienced. You're so good. You're Thank so you. beautiful. You're, you're so, so talented. There's just you're in such a small group of people who have all the skill sets and personality. You're just the sweetest. And the Thank you. history. I mean, here's the thing. I feel like I've learned over the years um you are going to be worth what you think you're worth and what you present to other people. Other people will continually try to tell you what you are worth. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you believe them is up to you. I believed a lot of people for a long time. Yeah. And I feel like I finally, I'll tell you what happened. I was uh, working at the station that I got hired at here and we were there and I was there for 12 years and they came in and decided they wanted a different look and they let me go. So I went home and thought, okay, now what? Here I am. I've invested 12 years of my life into the show that I started. 12 years and they just let you go. Yeah. And it it was my baby. It was my, I started that show. That was my baby. And I was the longest running anchor at that station at the time. You know, I'd outlasted everybody. And so I had to start over. And one of the things I realized was I would not allow my future to be determined by somebody else ever again. I would not put all of my eggs in one basket. Okay. I did not want to work full time for anyone anymore. I wanted to work full time for me. Okay. Um, it. I was really at a crossroads and it was a lot of soul searching. And I mean, it was devastating because for me in particular, and I think a lot of people that are probably in the same type of field, you based your worth on your job. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And that validation. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yes. And that is such a scary thing to do because the job goes away. And I then know. who are you? I know. Who yes. are you? So who were you when this job went away? I had to really stop and think. Because you're so defined by it. Because you're busy. Yes. You're doing stuff. You're oh. the anchor of the show right. for 12 years. I mean, come for on. Sure. Yes. That's your identity. And I, um, I was really at a crossroads and I, I went to a party. I went to one of my friends. This was 2013. Okay. 2012, 2013. Um, yeah, I think it was 2013. So I went to a birthday party and I saw one of my friends I hadn't talked to in a minute. And I said, you know, Hey, I'm really thinking about taking this kind of nine to five job. Um, still doing some, some of the things, but not quite as much couldn't do as much entertainment this is you know I, I don't know I'm not really sure and he looked at me and said if you don't bet on yourself now when will you whoa right wow because you were just wanting to maybe find something safe to yeah. roll into yeah so my wow so how did you did you even know how to bet on yourself no at that point? no I mean no what does that look like <laughs> I, you how know? does that look I don't know so I I went home and um I thought okay I have all these great connections. I have all these great people that I can talk to. I feel like I'm a part of the music community. I just need to figure out where to put it. Like I can go do the interview, but where's it going to live? Yeah. And where's it going to go? Yeah. Who wants to hear it? Anybody? <laughs> I'll just do it on the street corner and for whoever shows up. Um, and so I started my own company. My husband is a saint. Um, he looked at me and said, well, what do you need? And I said, well, I don't have any gear. And he said, well, let's go buy it. Let's go buy so it. He's what, always been supportive. Right. He said, what What do you need? And I said, well, I, you know, I got to figure out where to 
put these interviews? And he said, well, start net- networking, like call your people, see so he's what's all out about, there. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Start what your business. Great partner. He's like, start your business. What do you want to call it? Let's go start an LLC. Let's do this. Let's do that. Stop. And so, so he's on board. He was absolutely, he was my biggest cheerleader still is. He said, just do it and let's see what happens. So he's what was like, the business? Um, I started Firefly Media. Um, became an LLC. I started uh, shooting interviews and started working for Zeus Television. Yes. Yeah. Started uh, anchoring things for them and just covering record releases and number one parties and all the other things that I'd already been doing. And I had a dry erase board in my home office and I wrote Ryan Seacrest at the top. And I thought- So you're a visionary. That was it. Were you putting vision, like oh, a yeah. vision board? For sure. You're yeah. all about the vision. All about it. And yeah. I thought, he's done it. If he's done it, I can do it. What do I need to do? So, so he was like your inspiration. He was my inspiration. And I wrote television, internet, radio. So I thought I just need to knock all three of those out. And if I can get all three of those things lined up, then it makes sense for people to come and do an interview with me because I can plug it into three different categories versus just writing an article versus just putting it on so the radio. So it's like you have so many, it's such a great one-stop shop and these yeah. people get heard everywhere. Right. It just makes sense. Why well, would you not you do that? So, smart. so I I immediately just went to work trying to figure out where I could plug in and it started to grow and it was really slow and the first year was scary and I didn't make any money and I just kept, you know, digging away at it and things started to happen and it was interesting because once I started to pour into myself and my own business people started to take notice. Again, really? it's almost like when you open up to other people, it changes how they see you. Mm-hmm. It changed how people saw me. And all of a sudden, my my worth was way more than it ever had been. Really? Just being on television. Yeah. Because now you had all these outlets and it yeah. was you. Yeah. You're the go-to. Yeah. It's not you're just the face of it. It's like you are the company. Let me help you get the word out come to me, let me talk to you about your new album and let me put it on Zeus television and let me plug you into one country and let me figure out where I can put you, you know, radio wise. And let's, let's just wrap all of this around and just keep building on it. So would you partner with radio stations? Um, I did. I actually went to work for TuneIn Radio and I was working for them up until like a couple weeks ago. So yeah. So now so there's something else coming I can't tell you about yet, but always on the horizon with you, Kelly. <laughs> there's always something happening. I'm totally just, you know, type A, gotta be going, going, going. So your TV outlet was Zeus, mm-hmm. your online outlet was one, country. was one Country. And that's such a funny story. I literally just saw this website, onecountry.com, and I reached out and I was like, hey, I read your stuff and it looks really cute. And if you ever need anybody to write for you, let me know. And they called me and they said, we don't have anybody in Nashville. And I said, well, let's make that change. And now I'm a part owner in the company. Are you kidding me? No. Oh, God. <laughs> so what is your takeaway from all that? Going from, because I feel like so many people hit this point in their lives where, yeah. like where you were, you'd been at this station for 12 years. Yeah. And then you get let go the next day. Your life feels over. You're wanting to take the safe route. But then you get inspired to bet on yourself, you do it and it pays off, even though you have to go through the trenches for at least a year of wondering like, did I make a huge mistake? I'm not making any money. Does anyone even care about this? Was this like a death trap? Like, have I ruined my career? So what, explain that to people listening on that process and why it's so important when you feel it in your soul to go for it. 
I am not great at listening to my inner voice. You're not? Not why not? Not my inner voice like me talking to myself, but I feel like Your intuition. I mean, my intuition, which to me is God. That's yes. God talking to I me. I couldn't agree with you more. So I'm stubborn. I don't, like, have God, you, you don't know what you're talking about. You're, you're, you're I got this. I'll trust you when there's nothing left. You yeah. know? Yeah. I, I'm the worst at that. And I don't, have you done the Enneagram? Yes. What are you? I'm a four. I'm a three. Okay. So you're an achiever. I'm an achiever. Right. Yes. But I'm also a person that's super stubborn and I feel like I can fix any situation. Right. Like you got this. You don't need any help. And don't need God, any help. Don't worry. I right. got this, God. Right. <laughs> so I feel like even though my intuition was telling me that I needed to do this, it wasn't until I was pushed. Mm-hmm. I probably should have left that first job and I didn't because I was comfortable mm-hmm. and I was really comfortable doing what I was doing, even though it got to where I knew I wasn't growing and I wasn't, I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. And there were a lot of things that were happening that I just, I didn't believe in and I couldn't find it in myself to leave. Yeah. So instead of jumping, I got pushed yeah. <laughs> and I feel like sometimes God is truly there saying, you need to take the leap. And if you don't, I'm going to, I'm going to push I'm gonna you. Make you. Yeah. And so I finally, I, agree with that. I finally listened and I listened to other people that were saying that to me and it was mirroring what I already knew. And that's when I said, I got to take this leap of faith. It might not work out. And if it doesn't, that's okay. I don't ever want to look back and think, what if I didn't? You don't want that regret. Mm-mm. So and this was your time. This was you're, it. Now you're wide open. Yeah. No strings attached. Yeah. So what is failure to you then? Because some people would say like, oh my God, I failed. Or, oh my gosh, my life is over. But there's also another way to look at it. Maybe yeah. it's not failing. Maybe no. it's like you're just getting a, a chance to, to try something brand new. I think the thing that define, that was defined as a failure, and I say was because it isn't any longer, but a failure to me was when I was let go of a job. Mm-hmm. And especially a very public job. Mm-hmm. Because when people see you in Kroger and they're like, oh, you're not on the news anymore. What happened? And then you have to relive that every day. And people just <laughs> state the obvious. I have learned that. Like, they're not trying to be rude, but like everyone just states right. like the freaking obvious. And you're like, this is a really sore subject for me. And very personal. Like, you're just like casually talking about my whole livelihood. It's fine. You're not on the news anymore. And I'm like, no, they made a change. And then I go in my car and cry, you know, yeah. sobbing. Like, yes. oh. So that felt like such a failure, but it, it doesn't anymore because I realized that that was just a, another step that got me to where I am. Like if I hadn't had that job, I wouldn't have the relationships that I have in the country music world. Mm-hmm. And if I wouldn't have had that job, I wouldn't know that I could handle almost anything that's coming at me live. Yes. From a horse stepping on my foot live on television to burning my hand in a pan to a kangaroo peeing on the floor. Like there are so many ridiculous things that happened to and me at that job. There you could other than setting my hair on fire, I'm pretty sure I could handle just about anything I think you, you could handle at me. hair on fire too. Probably. <laughs> Probably. I mean, because I'm not going to try it. you've been through it all. But I'm sure you've been through technical difficulties, oh. like everything falling apart and you having to wing it. Oh, for sure. Lights yeah. going off, you know, the studio going completely dark, the camera quit working, my mic quit working. Like, I mean, just all of it, all of it, all of it. It's, you know, chalk it up to that made me who I am today. Mm-hmm. So I don't think any of it is failure. I, I don't think there is a failure out there. I think it's just learning. It's just a learning process. You know what? I learned that didn't work. So now that's one less thing I have to try. 
I move on and I go to the next thing. Well, it's easier to, said than done, but yeah. You I, have to evolve though. And sometimes yeah. we wouldn't evolve if we were just so comfortable and able to stay put. Like you said, you're so comfortable. Yeah. If you weren't forced to evolve, then you wouldn't have moved into this next chapter, which I'm sure right. now are you so just so thankful to be here? Oh yeah. And to realize that you were more capable than you were giving yourself credit for. Yes. Because you might not have ever done that. Yep. Because you wouldn't have had to. And it's so interesting too, because you feel like you have these benchmarks for your life and all of a sudden things change and then your perspective shifts and you go, oh wow, that really wasn't that important. I thought that was the pinnacle and it really wasn't. What was something like that for you? Um, I really thought that if I won an Emmy, that like everything would change. And did it, you win an Emmy? Yeah, it doesn't. It's just, what, how'd you feel after? Sitting you- on the shelf. So after you, okay, so tell me about that. Yeah, like after you win an Emmy, then what? Nothing. <laughs> you wake up and make coffee the next day. It's exactly. Well, and the thing that was really, that was crazy about that, um, I didn't think that it was going to happen. We didn't go to the ceremony. So I was like at home watching it online. And then you won. Yeah. You, Our show won. Our show bummed? won. Oh, yeah. I was devastated. <laughs> Are you kidding? I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? I've tried for this for so long. But again, it was another one of those, hmm, that wasn't what I thought it was going to be like. Like, yes. Like, nothing really holds that much value. Right. Right. Um, and it feels good. It feels great. And it is validating. It's great. It's really cute on my mantle. And I'm sure it was a good <laughs> feeling to know that you achieved a goal that you had really right. set out for. And, I, and you know, not to belittle any of that, it... it it's just everything changes. Everything really changes. And I feel like now, you know, I'm a mom and like watching my kid on stage or watching her be happy or watching, you know, something that we like did as a family, that we travel, that we've gone to places. Like those are the things that I know it sounds so cliched and that sounds like whatever, but it it is true. It is very true. That's the stuff that I look back on and go, oh, I'm so thankful that we did that. I'm so glad that happened rather than, you know, I got to be on the red carpet, which red carpets are great. And I love my job. I don't ever want to belittle that. But I also feel like it's now not the end all be all. Do you think you wouldn't be able to have this perspective, though, if you hadn't achieved everything you've achieved? Oh, I'm sure. Because you'd probably still be thinking it was the Holy Grail. Yeah. And I and I feel like there are still things out there that, to me, are the Holy Grail. Like, What's I your Holy would, Grail now? You know, I would love to have a nationally syndicated show. And you will. With the way you work <laughs> things out, I have no doubt about it. Um, back there, behind the scenes, just made it. But I would love to have a nationally syndicated show. Like a radio show. show or a TV show? Both. Yeah. Why does it have to be one these days? It doesn't. It doesn't. No. 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 Zero qualms. We'll just do it all. I believe it. Girls are taking over the world. So. And I, you make it happen, Kelly. <laughs> okay, so that's the goal. Nationally radio, national syndicated show. Yeah. TV and radio. Let's just do it. It's yeah. great. Um, I started a podcast. You need to come do my podcast. It's, <gasps> Heck yes. It was, uh, gosh, how long ago did I start it? Two years ago? No way. Yeah. So, but it's mostly, you know, I, it's stuff where I'm just interviewing people in the country music world. Love and, it. um, it was really funny. John Osborne, Brothers Osborne, he said, it's a, it's a shame no one has had a y'all access pass. Y-A-L-L access. And I said, oh my gosh, it's a great name for a podcast. And so that's the name of my podcast. Y'all access. Y'all access with Kelly. Oh and, um, they were my first guest. I, I was, was like, you guys have to be my first guest. Be- because, you know, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I love that. 
I love opening up these new avenues. I love just networking with people and finding out that we're just this really great, fun community. I mean, you know how wonderful this place is. And Nashville's amazing. And the country music community is amazing. It's so great because we lift each other up. And, yes. And I have said this for a long time. I feel like my purpose in life was never to create music. I love music. I played piano when I was little. I sang a little. I played flute, which is not in popular fashion <laughs> in Nashville right now. If anybody's going to need a flute player, let me know. But I I loved music. I always loved music. I've always been drawn to music. And I always feel alive when I'm somehow working within music in some capacity. Mm-hmm. I have to be near it, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So I feel like my purpose has always been to shine a spotlight on everybody else's music so that people can find it. I so that. I can lift it up and go, look at this. You got to listen to this and listen, listen to these people. And they're amazing. And this is coming out and you got to check this out. And just being a champion for all of our people here that are making incredible music. I love that. Like, I, I feel like that's, that's my your purpose. calling. Yeah. How great to know what your purpose is. I mean, I could be wrong, but I think that's it. <laughs> well, and it can always keep evolving. True. But how crazy from your 16-year-old self, everything yeah. that you've been through, that you've landed here in country music, and that you found where your soul sings. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's true. I mean, what a blessing. It but is. you've stuck with it, and you've committed to your journey, and you've committed to your purpose, which I think, too, is really amazing, because that can be hard. Yeah. It's really hard to always stay committed to your passion and your purpose. Well, and I feel like, um, you know, I was... I was afforded a lot of opportunity early on that I think about now and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad. I'm so thankful for but let's that. Let's not forget, you sent out 80 tapes to yeah. get two interviews. I mean, oh, you yeah. worked your ass off to get those opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> but it it is one of those, you know, just keep at it. I mean, I truly feel like Hunger Games. You outlive everybody else. <laughs> You're just here. There are so many people that are here and it gets really hard and it gets really tough and maybe it's not what you thought it was going to be. And so you just think, okay, this isn't what I was meant to do. And you go on to the next thing. And I feel like the people... How do you know when stick it's it out. not what you're supposed to do? Gosh, that's a hard question. I don't know. I feel like maybe if it's, if it's something where it is truly putting your family in a bad position or it's putting you in a bad position where you're going up against um, maybe some, some truths in your life you feel like maybe you're violating what your truth is mm, or good, good point. changing who you are who as you a know person. you are to be. Right. If it's changing who you are on the inside, then that's not it. And what do you suggest? What's advice if someone feels like they can't get out of where they are, but they know yeah. it's violating them? Like, what do you do? I think you just got to really start to find people that you love to be around and figure out why you like being around them is it because they're doing something that you feel like you need to be doing is it because they're offering some part that you don't get somewhere else for me you know when I was around music whether it was around songwriters or musicians or you know whoever it was when I was around music I felt alive and I felt like there's a part of me that really mm-hmm. just gravitates toward that so I think you it's hard because you have to start to really listen to what's happening on the inside and I'm not great at that I am very distracted I mean I have you know like oh what's that shiny thing over there let's go see what that is so it you have to kind of get real with yourself and that can be really scary really scary yeah what is success to you now? Uh, you know what? Just being happy. 
just really being happy. What is happiness? Happiness for me is um, being able to feel like I've helped somebody that day, whether it is talking about what they're doing and what they're creating or just helping my kid or, you know, doing something nice for my husband. If I have helped someone else that day, then I feel like, okay, that made me happy. That made me happy. Does that fill your bucket? It does. Is that what fills your bucket? Um, I would, I think I'd be lying if I said that was it. What else fills your bucket? I'm a three. So I love when I achieve, you know, that's, that's who I am. I know, I love to help other people, but I truly, I love it when I can knock something off my list. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, check mark. Yeah, did that. (laughs) Woof, that was great. Wasn't that great? And I mean, you know, I'd be a liar if I didn't say that I love it when people tell me that I do a great job or watch my show and say that it's funny or, you know, listen to an interview and say, oh my gosh, you're a really great interviewer. Like those are, those fill you up too. I know that that's, probably shallow and, no, it's and not. not great but well, we're put on this earth with dreams yeah you know and I feel like like you said that intuition is God talking I also feel like that is our dreams are God yeah and you were given these dreams because that's why we're here on this earth is to achieve things and it's an it can be a million different ways for a million different people right but if you ignore that intuition and if you ignore those dreams then I kind of think you're ignoring God in a way That's because true. everybody has a different set of dreams and a different way of going about it and a different desire. And I think that you're honoring your intuition. You're honoring God by saying and keeping it in perspective. Obviously, right. you don't want it to control your life because hearing this whole interview, we know what can happen when you give your identity yeah. wrapped up in something too much. But I think it's so important to follow your heart in that way. No, I agree. What's happiness for you? Um, I, I kind of feel the same way. Like I really had to do a ton of soul searching. Mm. It took me forever to figure out what I loved and like interviewing and hosting and doing these soulful podcasts. Yeah. Like I didn't, it didn't, I just, I just landed here randomly. Like after years of trying other things like singing and yeah, I just, I love doing stuff on camera, using my personality, but I think I have gotten to a point where I now know I love soulful conversations with people. Right. I really love getting to talk like I'm talking with you and have really meaningful conversations and hearing people's stories in that way because I always thought that, I think I was super insecure as a young child and I always thought there were people who just were like special people who were perfect and had everything figured out and like if I could only get to those people, then maybe I could find happiness and peace because like there's the, there are the people who figured everything out, which to me was an entertainment. And I think getting to hear the real side of people's lives, like you were talking to, and just seeing how real everyone is made me realize that, okay, I don't have to like feel like I can't, I have to have everything together. Right. Like I can, I can just like keep working on following my heart and my passion, but like, Everybody, even the people I admire the most, have so many trials and tribulations they've gone through. Oh, yeah. And that's what makes them even more incredible. Yeah. And so I think that has given me so much peace just to relax into myself and to, I've really realized that what is meant for you is meant for you because I have tried to force so many things Mm. in my career and make them happen. 
and can. I've been able to like kind of nudge and budge my way into stuff and like get stuff going, but it's never been quite right. Right. And everything that's ever really worked out for me and felt so good has just sort of flowed into my life with me pursuing and having hard work. So it's like, if I can just remember that to relax into letting what's meant for me be for me, always follow my intuition. Yeah. But then try not to look around and like support other people, even though that can be hard sometimes when you're like, oh my gosh, why isn't this happening for me? Or what do I need to do? Do I need to work harder? Or do I need to try to be like them? If I can just remember to follow my Mm. own path and to trust that and then appreciate my family and just let life just appreciate all the beautiful things in my life and relationships I think that's happiness for me it's a long answer no it's (laughs) it's so good but you're right I mean honestly I feel like the times that I've been so close-handed yes like so tight I'm I'm holding on to it I'm holding on to it so tight like this is this is mine no one can be mine no one can take this away from me those are the things that slip away yes but when you realize if you can just loosen your grip mm-hmm. and just let it be, yeah, those are the things that mean the most. No, yes. you're exactly right. I feel the same way. Yeah, and I have to remind myself all the time. And I have now a repertoire of examples in my life where I have tightly held stuff and it yeah. didn't work out. Yep, and I have loosely held things and it has been so beautiful. So it's like, Caroline, look at your life and then listen to the people that you interview, Caroline, because they're the same <laughs> way, you know? <laughs> so these are all just life affirming yeah. all the way through. Because everything that Love has it. happened to, like even like you yeah. and like other people I've interviewed who are in huge successful places in their life, yeah. they have just let their life flow and followed their intuition. And they've had a lot of bumpy roads along the way. I feel like that's what, that's what makes you who you are. Like your mm-hmm. scars are what make you beautiful. And so you just look back on all the things that you've been through and you're like, man, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that. So you can never you can never look back and think that damaged me. I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of people probably do. And I just can't look at it that way. Mm-hmm. I have to look at it like that made me who I am. And figure out the lesson and what you learned. Yes, yes. Okay. We're, we're so tight right we got, now. We got, we got we're vibing. Going. We got it, I'm like, This is good. This is good stuff. I love it. Oh, I love, I love you. I love you. I like to wrap every interview with leave your light. Okay. So basically okay. just some inspiration that you want to share with people of what you've learned, of what it's a, what's something that you would like to tell people who are maybe in the thick of it, who maybe mm. are looking at you and thinking, gosh, if I can only be like you, or just like an ins- something to inspire someone with your journey, what you've taken away. I don't think that there's a right path to anything. I felt like once upon a time there was a straight path and when I was 16 and I thought, I'm gonna be a news anchor and this is what I'm gonna be. Like my life has not been, you know, a straight interstate to a television career. There've been so many side roads, but that's what makes it so beautiful all of the friends that I've made along the way all the experiences that I've had if I hadn't had all of those twists and turns I would not be where I am right now and I think truly just getting to a point in my life where I can believe in me Mm. and I can bet on myself and know that's going to be enough has been beautiful and I feel like if anybody else gets to that point and they think you know this is just a scary time like bet on yourself because you are enough oh i love that yeah you it's hard to know that we're enough sometimes it's very hard to know that 
but everyone needs to know that that and I feel like once you discover that there's no going back like I will never I will never be in a situation again where I feel like someone else can tell me what I'm worth that's empowering yeah it's kind of freeing and amazing and a little scary but you know you don't need anyone but yourself but yeah you know like i mean it's the oprah mentality start your own network you're fine yeah you got this like why not (laughs) kelly you're amazing i can't wait to see your syndicated tv show and radio show that's gonna happen all over well it's gonna happen because you're gonna come on and we'll just be there together hey i am here for your ride for your party we're doing it (laughs) you're amazing kelly i love you i love you thank you for coming of course of course of course kelly sutton everyone yay yay of popping the question diamonds direct has an offer you can't miss this month only buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at two thousand dollars imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once no one provides education selection and value like diamonds direct your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at diamonds direct won't last long details at diamondsdirect.com Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.